You are listening to Open Democracy. Hello, welcome to the Open Democracy Show. I'm James. Today's episode is going to be a long read of one of our articles. The story is Russia Forced Them to Fight, Ukraine Tried Them for Treason. It's written by Katja Sumchuk on the 16th of November, and it's read by myself. Russia Forced Them to Fight, Ukraine Tried Them for Treason. Ukraine is prosecuting its own citizens who have been forcibly mobilised to fight for Russia, despite initial promises of an amnesty from the country's top officials. Since February this year, thousands of men in the Russian-occupied parts of Donetsk and Luhansk regions in eastern Ukraine have been seized from the streets, public transport or their places of work and sent to fight on the front lines against Ukrainian forces. Ukraine considers forced mobilisation in territories occupied by Russia a war crime. Since the February 2022 invasion, the Ukrainian government has run a public campaign aimed at residents of occupied territories, promising mobilised men that they would be released from Ukrainian custody if they have not committed war crimes. But lawyers involved in the cases of men who have been forcibly mobilised have told Open Democracy that Ukraine does not properly investigate the circumstances in which its citizens joined Russian military units. As a result, say the lawyers, people who have been coerced into fighting are being wrongly prosecuted for treason. Frontline deaths. Forced mobilisation is part of the genocidal nature of Russia's war against Ukraine, another way that Russia is killing Ukrainians, says Elena Lenova, a lawyer and advocacy director at the Kyiv-based Zimna human rights organisation. If Ukrainians sent to the front lines by Russia survive, they are often captured by Ukrainian forces. Once in captivity, says Lenova, the men are treated by default as if they have voluntarily joined the Russian army, in effect as traitors. Some have been prosecuted and sentenced up to 15 years in prison. This is a significant shift from the original policy of amnesty. What's more, the legal status of these prisoners is ambiguous. Under the Geneva Convention, prisoners of war cannot be prosecuted while in enemy captivity. On the other hand, Ukraine has the right to prosecute its own citizens for joining illegal armed formations. The prisoners are held in camps or detention centres where their situation is uncertain. Will they be sent back to Russian-controlled territory, potentially against their wishes, in prisoner exchanges? Or will they eventually be released and allowed to make their own way home? Zimna, Lenovo's human rights organisation, believes that if a Ukrainian citizen living in a Russian-occupied territory has not committed any war crimes, then Ukrainian state institutions must presume that they are fighting for Russian forces involuntarily. It's up to the state to prove the contrary, Lenovo said. Ukraine's General Prosecutor's Office considers forced conscription and forced mobilisation in territories occupied by Russia a war crime and has previously conducted criminal investigations into it. Prior to Russia's February 2022 invasion, Ukraine submitted applications to the International Criminal Court over forced conscription in Russian-controlled territory. It can't be like this. The Ukrainian state must decide on its position at some point says Lenovo. The Ukrainian General Prosecutor's Office did not respond to Open Democracy's request for comment. Cases heard in a single day. Pavel Lizansky, also a lawyer and founder of the Eastern Human Rights Group, which monitors human rights in the Donetsk and Luhansk regions, recently represented a forcibly mobilised man prosecuted by Ukraine. Lizansky speaks of Serhii, whose name has been changed for this article. A computer science school teacher 
in his 30s, who was taken by Donetsk People's Republic soldiers while at work on the 23rd of February, the day before Russia launched its full-scale invasion. Escorted under armed guard, Serhii was told he was being taken to a military gathering, a preparatory event for checking the documents and numbers of military-aged men. In reality, the gathering was a pretext for sending Serhii and others to Russia and then to the front line in Ukraine's Kharkiv region. There, with the Russian army behind them and the Ukrainians in front, they were ordered to dig trenches. After Serhii and his unit were captured by Ukraine, his sister, who lives in Kyiv, asked Lizansky to represent her brother. Serhii was charged with three offences. Treason, participation... After Serhii and his unit were captured... After Serhii and his unit were captured by Ukraine, his sister, who lives in Kyiv, asked Lizansky to represent her brother. Asked Lizansky to represent her brother. Sir, he was charged with three offences. Treason, participation in a terrorist organisation and participation in an illegal armed formation. We chose a defence strategy of proving that initially Serhii had no motive to join the military, Lysansky says. Many top officials have said on many occasions that if you have been forcibly mobilised, you are a victim. And I wanted to prove this in court, he says. In court, Serhii did not deny that he had been caught at the front line, but he repeatedly stated he had not joined the Russian military of his own will. According to Lysansky, Russian prosecutors did not investigate how Serhii ended up on the front line. Instead, one of the pieces of evidence presented against him in court was a screenshot from Myrotovorets, a website that collects information about alleged enemies of Ukraine. Myrotovorets is allegedly run by volunteers close to the Ukrainian security forces. After Serhii was captured, a profile of him appeared on the site. Despite Lizansky's efforts, Serhii was sentenced to 13 years in prison. Serhii's case took five hearings, but most cases involving prisoners of war from Luhansk and Donetsk are processed in a single day, according to Lizansky. Some media reports suggest a judge can make decisions on up to four cases in a single day. Olena Lenova also told Open Democracy that Ukrainian courts do not investigate the circumstances that lead its citizens to join the ranks of Russia or Russian-backed forces, either at the investigation or the pre-trial stage. According to data from the National Court Register, says Lenova, Ukraine prosecutes residents of Luhansk and Donetsk for treason, but tellingly does not prosecute them for war crimes. They are tried for the fact that they are caught in uniform with insignias of People's Republics. These cases have no evidence base that they committed war crimes. This puts these cases into question, she says. Lenova believes that a comprehensive study of the facts must be guaranteed when it comes to understanding where a Ukrainian national has been forcibly mobilised by Russia. Treason is an act with intent. When it comes to the victim of a war crime, there can be no intent, she says. Ukraine changes its mind. In the year to July 2022, Russian forcibly mobilised more than 100,000 men in Russian-occupied territories, says Lazansky. It conducted eight mobilisation drives as part of its Combat Army Reserve programme. Signs that Ukraine was monitoring developments came after Russian-backed forces announced general mobilisation on the 19th of February this year, five days before the full-scale invasion. At the time, the Ukrainian General Prosecutor's Office stated that forcibly mobilised Ukrainian citizens were victims of a war crime, launching an investigation. The Ukrainian government and officials called on men in the occupied territories 
to avoid being mobilised. Those who were mobilised were told to surrender to Ukrainian forces at the earliest opportunity. Officials promised that as long as a person didn't commit any war crimes, they would eventually be allowed to return home. Since then, however, local courts in Ukraine have tried and issued sentences in more than 50 cases of treason, according to the National Court Register. Since details of specific cases are close to the public, Open Democracy cannot verify which of these cases involve people who were forcibly mobilised, as opposed to those who voluntarily joined the Russians. But Lenova, who has reviewed cases in the register, says judges have heard cases where defendants explain they were coerced into joining up. In these cases, she says, the defendants have been sentenced to between 13 and 15 years in prison. Under Ukraine's martial law, a person could potentially be sentenced to life imprisonment for treason. Living in fear. Residents of the occupied territories who want to avoid being mobilised live in fear. For the past nine months, Yuri, whose name we have changed for this article, has been hiding in Donetsk. He tries to make sure that no one can see into his apartment from the street. He keeps his curtains shut and the lights switched off in the evening. His mother brings him food and water and he doesn't go to the shop by himself. To sit alone in four walls is horribly crushing, Yuri told Open Democracy over a messaging app. I had my own issues before, but now it seems I've got more of them. I started drinking more, my sleep deteriorated, I've gained weight, it's all unpleasant. I really want to go out, at least just for a walk, but I don't risk it yet, he wrote. In February, Yuri says a local university sent one of his friends to the conscription office under threat of expulsion. Since then, Yuri's friend has been listed as missing. Another of his friends, a work colleague, died, most probably killed, after he was mobilised. Prior to the Russian invasion this year, it was possible to bribe your way out of conscription in Donetsk or Luhansk and across the border into Russia. Now, the only way is to lay low until the war ends. Avoiding mobilisation can carry up to a 10-year prison sentence from the occupation authorities. A difficult matter. According to the International Committee of the Red Cross in Ukraine, Ukrainians in the Russian ranks are protected by the Geneva Convention if captured and are considered prisoners of war. Lenova says that Ukraine nonetheless has the right to prosecute its citizens for siding with the enemy under domestic law. The problem is that it is failing to distinguish between criminals and victims. Some Ukrainians joined Russian-backed forces voluntarily and some forcibly mobilised people may have committed war crimes. For these reasons, Ukraine can't offer a blanket amnesty to all prisoners. But Ukraine's initially generous position has shifted as mobilisation has grown, says Lenova. At the beginning of the full-scale invasion, the scale of mobilisation was not clear, and it wasn't clear how mobilisation would look on the front lines. The change in official position may have also come directly from Ukraine's general prosecutor, Lenova says. The cases she examined show a unified practice in prosecuting forcibly mobilised personnel suggesting an order from the top. We tried to communicate to the general prosecutor about the problem that Ukrainian citizens are facing horrible sentences under questionable investigation, but I have a feeling that the prosecutor's office is avoiding this subject because it's a difficult matter, says Lenova. Another reason why Ukraine might have changed its policy on prisoners of war is the need to increase the numbers of captured soldiers it can exchange with Russia, according to a conflict analyst with a Ukrainian NGO. The Russians likely had more prisoners of war because Ukrainian forces were in defence during the first part of the invasion, said the analyst, who spoke to Open Democracy on condition of anonymity. Neither Ukraine nor Russia has published numbers of prisoners of war in their captivity since February. 
Since October, Ukraine has returned 104 Ukrainian citizens to the occupied parts of Luhansk and Donetsk regions in prisoner exchanges, according to Denis Pushilin, head of the Donetsk People's Republic. Last month, says Pavel Yezyansky, his client Serhi was exchanged and returned to the occupied territories without his knowledge. Public records show an exchange in September of another forcibly mobilised prisoner of war from Donetsk region who was convicted for the same offences as Serhi. Ukraine's Ministry for the Reintegration of Occupied Territories continues to call on Donetsk and Luhansk residents to inform Ukraine about instances of forced mobilisation and to surrender to Ukrainian forces if mobilised. To trial the forcibly mobilised for treason is obviously wrong. Things must be changed. How exactly is up for debate, Lenovo says. Thanks for listening. So again, that article was written by Katja Semchuk, and you can find the full article on opendemocracy.net. If you enjoyed this content, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. You can do so on all major podcast providers. Search for The Open Democracy Show and hit the subscribe button. You can also follow us on whatever your social network of choice may be. We're even on Mastodon now. So search for Open Democracy and hit that follow button. Thanks for listening and have a great day. You've been listening to a podcast supported by Open Democracy. If you liked it, please consider making a small donation to help us do more. As a small media organisation, Open Democracy relies on the backing of people like you to keep going. Go to opendemocracy.net now to support our work. And one more thing, to avoid missing out on future episodes, don't forget to subscribe to this show in your favourite podcast app.